politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman yearning to focus on the issues that matter in the way they matter and at the time they matter. If that is your quest, this is your place. See our podcast, Daniel Horowitz, your host, back here today, almost end of the week, Thursday. November 17th, and boy was yesterday a day. Yesterday was a seminal day in history that should, in front of the eyes of all conservative voters, Republican voters, demonstrate that indeed we have one-party rule. One-party rule. The uniparty. There is quite literally no difference between them. Everyone's trying to bringing Sherlock Holmes to discover what went wrong in the election. But everyone's missing the point. Even when Republicans win elections, and even the power they currently have and still have, federal, state level, they agree with the other side on the issues that matter, in the way they matter, and at the time they matter. And I can't keep stressing that enough because it, that that statement is our line of the year because it's so profound in how it describes the way Republicans fool their voters. They'll focus on the issues that don't matter and the way they don't matter at the time they don't matter, or one of the three in a given situation. So Kevin McCarthy got up there and said that, hey, the era of one-party rule in Washington is over. And on that same day, they demonstrated just the opposite. And folks, one of the ways they demonstrated, obviously, is that they're just going by thinking nothing matters as it relates to died suddenly. Republicans have not given one inkling that they're going to investigate the vaccines at all. And that's something we really need to push in the state legislatures. But until then, folks, I recommend you head over to policygenius.com slash Daniel to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save because life insurance will go up with all of these deaths. It's actually shocking what I'm, I'm working on, just shocking numbers of death and injury. A lot more information has come out that we haven't had a chance to, to go over. But anyway, if you click the link... Again, policygenius.com slash Daniel. You answer a couple of questions about yourself. Within minutes, they could give you a workout of how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to, to, to the best price. Uh, most people do not get enough coverage from their job. And in fact, usually you need 10 times more, especially if you're like me of a family, four kids. Um, in minutes, you get... Again, apples to apples comparison. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. And also, they have licensed experts that could help you understand your options. So you could talk to them uh, in person rather than just going to some random website. And their team works for you, not the insurance company. So that's how they make their money. So again, there's no added fees. They don't sell your info to third parties. They have thousands of five-star reviews since 2014. Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance. They've placed $120 billion in coverage. So head to policygenius.com slash Daniel before those rates go up. Now, folks, yesterday was a real doozy of, the, of a day. 
After Republicans in the House elected the same leadership, the Senate Republicans proceeded to elect the same leadership. And then, moments later, they proceeded to endorse a redefining of marriage, forcing red states to recognize um, sodomy relationships as marriage and basically granting them rights greater than the Constitution that certainly will come into conflict with religious liberty, property rights, and things like that. So, you know, as a business, you could say you have to asphyxiate yourself with a mask, get a shot that's going to kill you, but um, you can't say, look, I just don't want to service something that is against my religious beliefs. Now, it's important to recognize that Republicans, officially there's 12 Republicans who voted for this. And as bad as that sounds, you'll be like, okay, Daniel, that, that's maybe uh, you know a little bit less than a quarter. Kind of the same ratio in the House that voted for it. But it's much worse than that. Most of them were hope yes and vote no, including Mitch McConnell. They didn't whip against it. They didn't speak out against it. They're like, yeah, let's just get this out of here. They didn't embrace the opportunity to point to the grooming, to the confusing of children, the notion that for a civilization it's on equal footing. Again, it's much more than even just religious liberty anymore. It's transhumanism. Even if you don't believe in the Bible, you don't believe in problems, sin with this, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, you're literally creating a dynamic where there's no procreation anymore. And by the way, it's like the right to love. I'm sick of hearing that. They have the right to love. They always did. They can go to the bathhouse and engage in all the orgies they want and spread AIDS and syphilis to their heart's content and, and monkeypox, and, and no one's stopping them. Even during the monkeypox pandemic, no one stopped them. You want to come to us and redefine an institution around that, that, that it's like redefining a lamppost, redefining a car, a street. It's just not it. Okay? They were always able to do what they wanted. No one's taking that away from them. Okay, I, I have the right to love my brother and sister and my parents, but that's not a marriage. Someone has the right to love more than one woman, right? That, that, that could apply. That's very plausible that someone would want to you know, be in love with two women, but that's not a marriage. Even though that actually is much more rooted in history and tradition than same-sex couples. But anyway, the Republicans who voted for it, Murkowski, Young of Indiana, Ernst of Iowa, what what a jerk. I'm going to castrate the you know the the politicians. That's what she did with a political ad. Well, she herself is whatevs. Tillis of North Carolina, Sullivan of Alaska, Romney of Utah. Romney spent years lying to us that he no, he he's he's for marriage and that's how he he ran for office. He would have never won the GOP nomination had he disclosed that, but of course he lied. Portman of Ohio, Lummis of Wyoming, what the heck? Collins of Maine, Capito of West Virginia. Really, West Virginia? That's what we need. Burr of North Carolina and Blunt of Missouri. But again, it's it's not just that. Like Grassley said he was on the fence. He ultimately voted no. How are you on the fence? That's my point. It's not just the 12 Republicans. All of them don't feel strongly about it. 
And it was the same thing with COVID. It's the same thing with every major issue. And this is the point. How could you fight civilization battles when one side is peddled to the metal on their issues and then you have another party that at best is diffident and equivocates but really agrees mainly with the other side? You get the outcome we have today. Which is why... We need to move away from the Republican Party. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Strategically what I mean. But this is the introspection that others aren't talking about. Oh, the ballots, the election, they're still talking about that. Most aren't talking about what they did to us, which has nothing to do with the election. And by the way, had they won big, they would have passed that anyway. I warned you guys about it. They were planning on doing this anyway. Democrats, yes, they officially have the majority, but they're nowhere near 60 seats. How does that happen? You know what's funny? A lot of people are saying, oh man, you know, Republicans won the majority in the House, but it's it's very narrow. It looks like it's going to wind up being 222 to 213. Do you understand that that's a mirror image of what the Democrats ju- just controlled? But you probably didn't even know that or realize that unless you follow politics closely. Because... From a distance, what appears is that they controlled that thing lock, stock, and barrel. When did they ever have an issue passing legislation out of that house with a similar majority? They didn't. So Republicans shouldn't either. Unless the Republican Party is the problem, which it is. That's my point. Stop focusing on R versus D elections. Start focusing on who, what you could influence with within the red states, within Republican members, train your fire on them. Stop. I don't want to hear about the Democrats. But then again, the conservative media and conservative movement is a fraud too. But the recognition needs to be that the GOP is the problem. We don't consider ourselves Republican. And how do we just transition and use the party with an all-of-the-above approach to fight back? But I want to start off with a clip. I want to compare Mitch McConnell to um, Chuck Schumer. Take a listen to McConnell's comments on working with Biden. In terms of their lives. And so my message to the administration, and you saw some of it this year, let's find some things between the 40-yard lines that we can agree on and do them. And we did some of that this year. Infrastructure, chips, School safety, mental health. We need to make some progress for the American people, but it's going to have to be in the political center. If the House becomes Republican, there's no more one party running over us like they did through reconciliation. So, folks, you hear that? He wants to work his lesson. They're locking people up, violating the Constitution, Fourth Reich, and he's like, I want to work with him. And he mentions all of his accomplishments, all the chip spill, our infrastructure. Literally, he, I mean, that chips bill was insane. Literally empowered all those who hate us. Tens of billions of dollars to the science agencies engaging in medical fascism and experimentation transhumanism. And he touted that as a great victory. Now, take a listen to Chuck Schumer. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. 
The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. So folks, listen to Schumer. He's like, we need more immigration. We're not reproducing enough. He believes in his views. So therefore, depopulation on every single policy and the marriage, what do you think redefining marriage is? At a time when already 20.8% of Gen Z views themselves as non-heterosexual, what do you think that does to population? The one difference is they want more immigration because it's about replacing you and me. That's what it is. Oh, that was viewed as a conspiracy theory. They're open about it, and it's time we stop denying it. And particularly, yes, they do want to replace whites. That was known. But look at the contrast. One man is constantly going to push everything that's going to advance his policy, but also electoral viability with immigration. Our party should have forever had asylum geared towards conservatives in Anglo-speaking countries like Australia and England that are you know, fleeing tyranny. <laughs> we should use immigration for our benefit. But that's the difference. That's the difference there. Now, I want to I play one more clip here of the third man, Kevin McCarthy. But first, uh, you know, one of our new sponsors today, Relief Band. You know, it's it's so um, heartbreaking watching a kid. We we had all, all these illnesses kind of circle through the house. Now the stomach virus. You you have a eight year old that is just throwing up and he looks so helpless being nauseous is one of the worst things i it's like one of my biggest fears to this day and some products are are just you know worth not going on the cheap for an alternative if you ever get nauseous you know you'll do whatever it takes to feel normal again especially if your kid does we tried relief band okay it's a band that you put some gel on you put it on it has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. And now my son wants to wear it all the time. Um, you could also use it for motion sickness, people that get sick in the cars, migraines, hangovers, and certainly those on chemotherapy. Um, so whether it's everyday nausea relief or occasional cure for nausea, uh, their technology, patented technology, makes feeling sick a thing of the past. Forget the days of nausea pills that make you feel groggy and exhausted. It's like the name says, Relief Band. You put the band on, it brings relief instantly um, on your wrist. And and I could actually tell you firsthand, we've used it for motion sickness in the car and for a stomach virus. So if you travel, never leave without it, um, whether it's a, a, you know, a cab driver or, or a plane ride for sure. Make sure you use it. Um, just throw away everything else you have. This is a product I, I can't feel strongly enough about it. Um, so if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band by going right now to reliefband.com and use promo code CONSERVATIVE. You'll receive a 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So again, head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com, and use promo code CONSERVATIVE for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, you're going to feel nauseous, and you might need your relief band listening to this. Take a listen to Kevin McCarthy's speech yesterday on ending one-party rule. 
Well, good evening. I'm proud to announce the era of one-party Democrat rule in Washington is over. Washington now has a check and balance. The American people have a say in their government. And this new Republican leadership team is ready to get to work to put America back on the right track. It was our commitment to America that we would create an economy that is strong, a nation that is safe, a future that is built on freedom, and a government that is accountable. And that's exactly what we'll do. And I want to bring up our conference chair, Elise Stefani. So folks, you, you got to really see the, click, the clip. He looks like a caricature in a movie of a sleazy politician. And, and, and listen to those platitudes. It just doesn't speak to what's going on. It doesn't speak to what's going on. But guess what? Donald Trump supported the man. He supported the man. And by the way, as always, you know, they talk about loyalty. He only does, he only bashes conservatives on loyalty. He doesn't demand loyalty from rhinos. Um, McCarthy yesterday declined to say whether he'd support Trump for president. So, so much for that. One-sided relationship. Um, and that's what it is. And, and by the way, not only did they elect McCarthy yesterday, but they also got rid of the motion to vacate. So remember we said one of the conference rules we wanted was the ability of one single member to trigger a vote to vacate the chair if the speaker screws with us and you know we need to have a deterrent against him. Well, they got rid of that. So there you go. That is your house. I want you guys to see in front of your eyes, it is literally a uniparty. No, Kevin, one party rule is only beginning. It's in the form of the uniparty, except it's even worse because now you're going to give them bipartisan cover and it will further marginalize people like us. Oh, look, both parties agree. This is what's important. Name me the GOP leader calling out Zelensky. Even after he lied to get us into a nuclear war when his army hit the poles with the missiles and, and knew it, he did it, falsely accused the Russians, we now spent more money on Ukraine than we twice as much in a given year as we did on Afghanistan, which was our war, whether you agreed with it or not, in the thick of things. We now... If you add the money that Biden is now asking for to the amount they already gave, it would be more than we spend on transportation and infrastructure in the entire country. And yet, name me the GOP leader speaking out against it. At best, they're a little bit more muted in their support than they were before. That was an issue that mattered. It triggered the supply chain crisis, turbocharged the pain for so many American families, agreeing to the stupid embargo on Russia that hurt nobody but, but, but consumers. Gave in to this transhumanism. So, like, let, let, let me give you an example. Jim Jordan and, and Comer, Comer from uh, Kentucky, uh, Jordan's going to be the Judiciary Committee chairman, uh, Comer's going to be the chairman of oversight, investigation. So they announced today, they made a big press conference. Their first big thing is going after Hunter Biden. And again, it's my same approach to impeachment. I'm not opposed to it. And if you do it right, Hunter is actually tied into the transhumanism, the biolabs, and a lot of what's going on. 
But it's all about, if you notice, R versus D. Biden, Biden, make Biden look bad. He already does look bad, but it didn't resonate with the voters. You need to focus on what matters to their lives. Make it clear that you're fighting for them on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter, and you have a solution to redress it. More petty politics is not going to help. And I know I sound like a little bit of a squish here. Now, there's a way to do it right. He is tied into it. But in that way, Republicans agreed. Jim Jordan called Zelensky uh, a Churchill. He was the source of the whole Russian hoax and everything tied into um, Hunter Biden and the money laundering there and the WEF transhumanism and biolabs where they experimented on Ukrainians and Ukrainian soldiers, by the way. That was all, they supported that. They funded it. They said Biden didn't act quickly enough. They're not promising to investigate the FBI involvement in January 6th, the treatment of January 6th prisoners, vaccine injury, the mRNA is coming down the pipeline, the corrupt approval of Pfizer and Moderna, heck, the source and origin of Moderna. None of that. It's all about, it's the politics. That's, it's all about that. So even when they'll do something, it will be for the wrong reason and in the wrong way. Let me know if you disagree with me, but Hunter Biden in a vacuum, the, 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 the Biden crime family, that, that's what they talked about today. I don't think the American people, wh- whether you agree with them or not, I understand it's stupid to have voted for Democrats. But when you continue just to kind of agree with them on the fundamental issues, except fight over the personalities and the politics, it's not working out for you. And it's largely a distraction. By the way, it's interesting. The New York Times announced on November 30th they're holding a conference. Do you know who the four speakers are? Janet Yellen, Bankman Freed, that, that's the, um, the FTX guy that just went bankrupt, Larry Fink of BlackRock, and Zelensky. Zelensky is the cornerstone of the WEF transhumanist globalist agenda and Republicans bought into him more than Democrats did what does that tell you it's literally a uniparty including the more conservative members they're a joke they will not touch died suddenly they will not touch the issues that matter most directly to our life our security our liberty our property our survival, our prosperity. Even with the FBI, it will be more like tit for tat, the political side of it, not protecting human rights of of political dissidents. That's what they always do. They mess up every issue. Like another thing, the other thing they they announced, so they're they're going after Hunter Biden. The other thing is, and this is more McCall, who's going to be the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. McCall is another rhino, open borders guy. He was horrible as chairman of Homeland Security. As chairman of Homeland Security, with the trifecta government, he he screwed our ability to fight Obama on open borders. So now he's the chairman of Foreign Affairs. He's going to probe Afghanistan. But like, really? Really? We all agree that the way Biden got out of there was egregious. 
But the bigger issue is that we were ever there for that long and we needed to get out. And the Afghan refugees that even under Biden's own administration, the inspectors general for both DHS and DOD confirmed that we let in terrorists that are lost in this country to this day and unvetted people. Will Republicans touch that? No, because they support Afghan refugee resettlement just as much as Democrats do. Notice how on the issues that matter, in the way they matter, at the time they matter, they're on the same side. So it's water under the bridge, the pullout. It was done already. It, 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 it's, just, it's, it's a waste of resources. That's not what needs to be investigated. Use it all on China and, and the government's relationship with China and the WEF and, and, and uh, depopulation and the relationship with the eugenics movement. That's what I would do. The Afghan pullout, I mean, really? It, it, it's just, what, do, what are you going to do there? Again, the implication is because for most Republicans, they're upset that we pulled out at all. They want to still be there. It's just bizarre. And speaking of committee chairman, do you know who's going to be the chair of the Appropriations Committee? So this is the most important one. This is, this is the whole enchilada. Again, what's the most important uh, thing to focus on? The most important thing to focus on is the power of the purse, Right? They, they, they won't have the power to pass legislation, but they do have the power to withhold the budget until their demands are met. The chair of appropriations is going to be Kay Granger, who might be one of the most liberal House members of, of the Republican conference. She is, by the way, one of the few remaining pro-abortion Republicans. She is a leftist beyond belief. On every issue. She's from Fort Worth, Texas. I had on this show a friend of mine. A friend of mine. Who ran against her. And she also had a bunch of corruption scandals too. That made her very vulnerable. And this guy Chris Putnam. He was like a county official. Maybe a county commissioner. So he ran against her. And for the first time ever, typically you're never up against an incumbent in a primary from day one. He was up against her. He was winning. The Club for Growth had a pullout. They were supporting him. He had the money. He had the support. He was winning. Trump came in and supported Kay Granger. And not only was Kay Granger a rhino, but she wasn't even like an Elise Stefanik rhino who's a rhino on policy but kissed up to Trump personally. She was the first person after those comments he made about women like during the election that to, to come out. She, she was the first member of Congress to say Trump needs to step aside and they need to nominate someone else. And Trump, he could have stayed out of it. He endorsed her. People don't realize the depth and profundity of how much that man has screwed us. Every single leader around today, he was the re- it was a result of him. She is now Appropriations Committee Chair because of Trump. Without Trump, we would have defeated her in the House seat. She wouldn't be there at all. 
This is what I mean. We always had the Uniparty. People voted for Trump because they were sick of it. And he actually helped cement the Uniparty and lent his, you know, goodwill from conservative, from the conservative base to all these rhinos. What am I supposed to do? Ignore that? See, unlike these like loser sycophants that got out there, I like Trump. I like Kevin McCarthy because Trump endorsed him. A Trump. Like, I actually know details. Like, like the depth of my knowledge on legislation, on who's who these people are, what they've done, their records, the primaries. I'm involved in it. So I could actually speak with authority on it. These other people, they don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. So when they make these statements and you know, take certain positions, it's based on just utter garbage. It's based on leading from behind. They're scared that their listeners are too pro-Trump. They don't want to turn them off. Or they're just obsessed with a cult of personality. They're obsessed with access. They want access to him. But this is the reality. It's laid bare in front of you. The problem is not mail-in ballots. The problem is mail-in Republicans. And to the extent we have the mail-in ballot issue, it's because of years of mail-in Republicans that allowed this to go on, just like they allowed every issue to go on. And it's shocking to me that after everything we know about COVID fascism and the vaccines, the death numbers, they still will not touch it. After everything we know about the FBI involvement, you know, this was... um. We now know at least 20 FBI agents and ATF agents were there on January 6th. We know that. Even the New York Times, this is a a quote from a New York Times article from last week. The FBI had as many as eight informants inside the Proud Boys in the months around the January 6th Capitol attack. Recent court papers indicate raising questions about how much federal investigators were able to learn from them before and after it took place. So even the New York Times is raising questions that they knew about this before, which means they were involved in it. And Republicans still won't touch it. In fact, there's a clip floating around of Kevin McCarthy. Here, you know what? Let's let's take a listen to this. Um, There's a clip of McCarthy blaming Trump. This was in the days after January 6th. He's sitting, you have to see it. He's sitting there with like an N95. It looks like he, he looks like a camel with a muzzle. It's the perfect image of the GOP sitting there with a muzzle. And here's what he had to say about Trump and, uh, and J6. That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. Do you hear that, folks? Did you hear that? That is the man that Donald J. Trump just helped become Speaker. Now, again, we still have a a fight against him, but Trump is not helping. See, typically, if you had 31 no votes headed into the Speaker's election on the floor, Trump would whip against him. If Trump would get up there and say, look, Kevin McCarthy has failed. You know, maybe the Freedom Caucus is too much for the people. 
have a guy like Lee Zeldin become speaker. I'm telling you it would happen. He won't do it because it's not about MAGA. It's not about the people. It's not about changing the party. It's all about him. It, that should have become abundantly clear. Again, this is a very nuanced argument. Don't throw me in with the never Trumpers or the other crowd. I'm, I'm, Trump is the biggest never Trumper. He's supporting all the people that, that, that did that. At some point, facts have to matter. So put it all together. What we're doing is not working. What we're doing is not working. So what do we need to do? And the answer is, we need to finally divorce ourselves from the Republican Party. Now, before you panic and think, oh, that, that means we never vote for a Republican, we just, how do we start a new party? No, I've explained exactly what it means. It's a multi-pronged approach where you, you change the way we do primaries, and I'm gonna get to that in a minute. You, where it's appropriate, depending on the state, especially the more like middle-of-the-road states, you run independents, where it's appropriate, you run an independent. Where it makes sense to run in a primary, you run in a primary. Where you have a jerk who wins the primary, you run as an independent. And you, you have, you, you're loosely affiliated. You don't have a party. Independent means non-affiliated. Okay? Means non-affiliated. So you'll have funders. And I would start with the medical freedom movement. We have a robust movement. Picture people like Dell Bigtree, RFK Jr. That's the type of candidate we need. Not someone who's just viewed as a right-wing conservative guy because then you're going to have the same problems. He, here's the problem we have right now. The problem under the current system is it's almost impossible to win a primary against the establishment. And even in the few times where we do, like we saw, what happens is the party marginalizes you. So you, and then in the eyes of the independent voters, you have to fight your way to the right of those people. So you start looking like a lunatic and sounding like a lunatic, even though what you're saying should be common sense. You can't stand on your own two feet and just say, look, we're fighting. Both parties don't represent us. We know that. It's the elites versus the people. They're poisoning us. They're exploiting us. And here's the way we're going to bring government back to the people. That is a message, and polls have shown this again and again internationally. If you had a new movement arise that was untethered from the taint of the so-called right-wing parties in all these countries, Republicans, Tories, or whatever, they would, they would win a three-party three race. It would become so popular. Right now, we are tainted by the Republican Party. By all the things people hate. How many times have you ever run into a friend who votes Democrat but is kind of a reasonable person and says all these things to you and you're like, man, that doesn't apply to me. No, we're, we're, we're doing the opposite. We're fighting the corporations. But we're tainted by the Republican image. And we're also tainted by then we have to fight the Republicans. Oh, so you're an even more extreme Republican. What if from day one, you took an impressive person who has a backing of support. And you have to find the person, but they exist. You only need one in each state to run as an independent. 
That's a totally different message. It's the same message we run want to run in the primary. You just throw away some of the gratuitous words, rhino, conservative. Take away the labels. Do you know what that looks like? That's DeSantis. Even though he's technically a Republican, but because he was running for re-election after governing so differently and taking on issues no one else did, and it was all about the people, the parents, the school children, rebuilding roads, hurricane relief, he broke through to the great masses beyond just you know very much energizing the conservative base. But you're not largely going to be able to do that within the Republican Party. So what it means is a multi-pronged approach, but it begins first and foremost with the recognition that the conservative movement and conservative leadership needs to be, we are done with the Republican Party. Now again, you're going to see what I mean by that. But it's an understanding that the problem is the GOP. It's not the Democrats. It's not just a handful of Republicans. It's not just Trump. It's not just never Trump. It's all of it. All of it. They both hurt us on policy and electoral viability. It's tainted. The goal needs to be to start something new. Now you have to walk before you run. And what that means is, in the deep red states, where it's easy to win on our message, it's just a matter of how do you get through the party machinery so you don't have to worry about so much this, this appearance of, of you know getting burned down in a primary and then losing the general, being viewed as an extremist. It's just, just a matter of just getting through their machinery. I am telling you, nobody else has put forth a better idea. I'm not saying it's easy to do in some states and you got to see the laws. I know in Alabama, all it would take is party rules. Changing the way we do primaries. Rather than a popular primary, you have conventions where you have a pre every precinct has a has a has a community town hall, like a caucus, and you elect a representative, representative democracy. That representative goes to a convention. And at the convention, they vote. They vote for for everything from governor to senator, to house, to state legislature, everything in that precinct. I mean, in other words, everything you would vote on in that precinct, he would pick the nominee. It doesn't mean you're cut out of the process completely. It's not an oligarchy. It's representative republic, which is what our founders wanted. You choose the guy. I have this all the time where I live, and I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. You live in a solid red area. The Republican's going to win no matter what. Maybe you won't, don't even have a Democrat running. Or if you do, it's, it's, it's no chance of winning. And they all sound like, yeah, you know, I'm pro-life, pro-gone, Biden sucks, yada, yada. But most of them are frauds. Who's the real one? I don't know. And then the lower down of the, for the office you get, it's, it's so hard to research. So when people in my neighborhood come to me all the time, like, you know, Daniel, who should I vote for? They show me the ballot. I'm like, look, I don't like telling people what to vote for. Do your own research. They're like, no, no, I trust you. I trust you. They want the best conservative. They just don't know who it is. It's not so easy. It's not like a presidential primary where it's so much more information out, right? So that is what we need. That's what we used to have in Utah until they gutted it. 
They basically made a, a bypass around it. And, and and that's how we got Mike Lee over the other guy. And, and we defeated uh, another House member one time, Chris Cannon, through that. And I would argue that was before the Civil War broke out blatantly. Had the convention not been reformed, um, we would have downed a lot of people. That's the only way to get a critical mass within one cycle of all the governors, all the candidates. So it changes the entire party, the state legislators. So two things. Number one, we have a critical mass to get stuff done. But also, you don't have one guy isolated and marginalized in front of the eyes of the voters. So you don't have to fight anymore with each other. You rule it. So one of two things will happen. Either the establishment will have to leave the party or eventually we'll have a critical mass where then we could start a new party. But the point is you have a slate of people at the convention that don't view themselves as Republican. They use it for for ballot access. But what they're going to do is then in, in the red states, we should easily be able to get governors and state legislatures downright have a majority. For federal office, it still will have far fewer, but we'll have much more. You start to act like a parliamentary system. Now, we all hate the parliamentary system. It's tyrannical, where you have the legislature governing, you know, the executive and legislative power. You, you, we, we keep the American system, but you de facto get the benefit politically of a parliamentary system where you can get in a new party. In other words, the way it looks like is this. Let's say all things equal, the Republicans would have the majority in the House. But you take 50 conservatives, and we would have 50 if we got conventions, and they'd call themselves the Freedom Party. Yes, they run as Republicans for ballot access, so that's how you solve the whole problem of, you know, how do you get on the ballot, and it's so hard to get a new party on the ballot. Um, That's how you solve that problem. And you're like, hey, buddy, you start extorting. That's what they do in all these other countries. Hey, here, here, here's our set of demands. You will adopt medical freedom. You will hold hearings on this, right? That's what we need to do. But, but the point is, it's a recognition that the Republican Party is a problem. You don't even have that among my colleagues. It's still, they'll, they'll, they'll pick one or two people to pick on. It, it always has to be a bogeyman, but it, it's much, it's too simplistic. It's much deeper than that. It's the entire apparatus is the problem. So you could use them as access, but with the understanding that you eventually want to break away and you're just using it for ballot access and that you're going to caucus in a way that essentially makes them irrelevant. That's for Congress. Then once you get up to Senate and governor, so those are more, especially governor, but even Senate, statewide, you're much more known. There's much more focus on you. And by definition, if we're going to have a good candidate, you're going to have to have a lot more money. That's already when we could start with independent runs. You know, down the ballot, that's going to be tough because, you know, you, you put an independent candidate for state legislator, you know, you're, 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 you'll get 1%, right? People, people still don't vote for, you know, non-major party candidates. But... Here, here's my idea. Now, first of all, it, it, it's all of the above. It's both. You start getting conventions, you'll have better candidates most often for governor and senator as well. And particularly governor is really, really where we need to put our focus much more than, than federal. Governor needs to be our obsession. 
Mail-in ballots, mail-in ballots. We're obsessed with that, right? Governor, governor, governor. I yelped about this at the beginning of the cycle. You're my witness. So many red states, the bulk of them, the governors were up this cycle. We did nothing. Re-elected the same rhinos. You need conventions. But the other way of doing it is this. So let's say you have a rhino Republican. Deep red state, but certainly if it's a Pennsylvania type of state. That, that again, we have this image problem. By being tainted by the Republican Party, then we look like extremists. Then, then, and then also they hate everything else they hate about the Republican Party gets uh, projected upon our candidate. Let me, let me give you an imagine. Let, let me open your imagination. What if you had a guy like Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough? He was actually, I think, more of a liberal historically. Wasn't a political guy. He's known as the medical freedom doctor. Now, he is in Texas, but let's say he's in Pennsylvania. He's in Michigan. And he runs as an independent. And I'm just making this up here, but let's say he gets a bunch of money from that whole kind of RFK, Del Big Tree network. Run on medical freedom. And we have a loose slate of candidates all across the country running as an independent. So you have the benefit of a new party, fresh message, standing for the people, populist message on freedom and and, and, the, and the, the this is a budding movement that's bipartisan Naomi Wolf RFK Jr think of people like that against the elites agenda 2030 the WEF globalism transhumanism medical tyranny some of the other issues that really create a lot of polarization historically, but matter less and less. De-emphasize it. You know, you'll have, maybe it will be a range of candidates, depending on who it is, how much they're going to emphasize abortion and certain things. And I, I, I'm telling you, with the right money and a fresh message, you could win even in Pennsylvania and, and uh, Michigan, all these states, even some blue states even, on this type of message in a three-way race. I mean, I don't have too much hope for blue states, but we don't even need them. Let them go. But certainly, you know, Georgia and Arizona and Nevada and and uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, people like that. So they're not notoriously known as right-wing this or right-wing that, but you have a fresh message on freedom. The time has come. And look, where we see we get a good guy in a primary and it's a state where you think he'll win, okay, you leave it alone. But you're loosely affiliated. And then the more you have, the more you work together, and the more it's de facto a new movement and a new party, but without the liability, because they can't hit at it. The Freedom Party, the Federalist Party. No, it's not any party. It's each one running as independent. And at the end of the day, I can't think of a better message than independent. We're independent from this entire corrupt system. I'm telling you, if only my colleagues would join me, this is so achievable. Because independents for the, in most states don't have such hard ballot access issues. You have to have a certain amount of signatures, but it's not crazy. Like, to get on as a permanent fixture of a political party in, in most states is tough. Not all, but most states is tough. Like, Texas is tough. That's a state we would want. It, it, it's very hard to do. Run as independent.
And it all works together. It works harmoniously. So you, you, you um, start electing more Republicans that will view themselves as independent and act in. So if it's a governor, so then they could do whatever they want. It's beautiful. Independent. You only need one, one example of this. You break the mold. It is so achievable. Governor would be the most important. If it's more legislative bodies, state legislature, Congress, so then it probably makes more sense because it's hard to get the funding. In other words, you can get one big guy to start a movement, and eventually you'll have a movement where you'll have a slate of candidates, but at first it would be very hard down ballot. An independent, it's going to get washed away. You'll get a few percent of the vote. Um, but, but, but you, okay, you're a Republican, but then when you're elected, you come together and say, both parties really stink and you're de facto another party and you basically create a de facto third party and use that as leverage over the GOP. But a lot of that's going to require changes, changes to state laws. You have to understand you cannot win primaries. They're rigged. The party rigs them. They're almost impossible. And then again, especially in the more swingy states, you have to fight. The few times you win, you are so damaged by the party and they sandbag you. You, you can't do anything. Whereas if you're an independent, like, oh, I'm not taking away from Republicans. I'm taking away from Republicans just as much as I'm taking away from Democrats. I'm not a Republican. This is a fresh message. I could run on whatever I want. That's, that's what needs to happen. But also, you need those state conventions. You need them. I am telling you, you take a state like Texas, like Idaho, if the conventions would decide, you would flip the entire state in one election cycle. Remember the GOP convention in Texas? They had a resolution the election was stolen, a resolution to secede from the union. You have those guys, the activists, that bleed for the cause, select the nominees, then it's a different ballgame. Now, I understand the messaging is a little bit tough with the sheeple because a lot of people can't appreciate representative democracy. Oh, I want to vote. You're taking away the vote from the people. But you, if you could explain it properly, it's not just a bunch of party. It doesn't mean like, the RNC committee gets together in a smoke-filled room and picks the guy. It's very grassroots. You get together at a town hall in your neighborhood, and you select, depending on the size of the state, how big the district would be, but you could work that out because we already have those um, jurisdictions for other reasons within the party or, or just electoral positions in the state at large. And you, you, have a, you caucus. And and you pick the guy that you know is going to pick the most effective conservative. Um, you, and again, you have that on a very small scale. People call up, "Hey, I, Johnny, I know you're involved in this. Who should I vote for?" It will make the money irrelevant. The problem is our people don't have money and name ID. Normal people can't get elected. You could have a great message; it doesn't matter. They run these lying ads in the primaries. You go to a convention that's over with. You don't have to win millions of people. 50 people, 
100 people, 200 people, and they're all very savvy, so you can't fool them. It's not a utopia. You're not going to win every time, but right now we lose almost every time. And even the few cases we, we win, they are so damaged by those primaries. This is what needs to happen. It, can't, it won't happen overnight. You will have to fight for it, especially in states where you have to change the law so it requires the current state legislatures to do it. And you might have to make some sort of compromise. But it's, it's something worth fighting for. If we put all of our resources, all of our noise into everything that we put our noise into, and we made a national movement from Tucker on down, every local radio show, every local influencer... I am telling you, it would make all the difference. That is the single biggest force multiplier. I promise you, from my experience in primaries and conventions, I will tell you, that, will, that is the single biggest thing. We'll still have the swing state problem, and certainly the blue state problem, but in the deep red states that we have all these rhinos, you will flush them in a second, and that will be a different country. So that is something we're going to try to develop more, and I need your help to look into your state laws. And then, and then again, there's the other aspect of this. Part of the new party means whoever is in charge. Let's say they are still Republicans. But rather than just focusing on elections, which is all conservative media grooms our people into caring about, Every day in between those two years, there is a greater decision point. When you're in in elections, let's face it, your vote doesn't matter. You're one of a trillion people, mail-in ballots and all this stuff, and all these voters, all these stupid low-information people cancel out your vote. But when you're in a red state in particular, and your school board is making a decision— your state legislature is making a decision. Or you have the ability to say, look, this and this is going on in the world. We need this bill. You find the most conservative guy, introduces it. You name the heroes. You shame the zeros. This is what I want to create with these Liberty Strike Force teams. That is a different day. There's a fraction of the people focused on that. You start driving calls into your state legislator's um, phone you start getting in their face on this, you start publishing information on them, that gets very personal, local level. You could hold them hostage. All but the most, you know, just hackish rhinos, they're amendable to our cause. That's part of a new party. You see what I mean? That's part of starting a new party. They might be Republicans, and we might not have a roadmap to maybe starting a new one right now. But you're saying... I trust you as much as I trust the Democrats. Until now, it's not like that. Oh, we have a Republican legislature, Republican governor. Great, let's go home and focus on winning the blue states or Congress or the president. No, you won nothing. Every facet of your red state government, Department of Health, Department of Education, Department of Public Works, they're pushing garbage. Your legislators are garbage. They're leftists. Recognize it as such and treat them as such. Hold them on a short leash. you got to get engaged. That is the message we need. That is the message none of my colleagues, not a single one, is providing. I think Matt Walsh is the closest. Kudos to him for not just 
winning on a civilization issue like the tranny stuff, but then pushing legislation in Tennessee and other states. That's what we need more of. Wave a bloody shirt based on something going on in the news like, like the left always does. Outrage monger. Therefore, we need a bill on this and push it. And a lot of this is also going to be, it's very important. And I'm telling you, all you guys could do this. A lot of deep red states, small red states, they don't have good conservative news sites that are exclusively dedicated to the who and what of local and state politics. There are some good examples I could think of, but we need a lot more. You could have such an outsized share influence, much more than you ever will, being one man voting. Or focusing at the, on the federal scene when everyone's focused on that. Naming the heroes, shaming the zeros, focusing on the subterfuge, so focusing on, on which legislators are pushing leftist stuff, focusing on your Republican governor's administration and all the people and policies emanating from the departments that are just like California and New York. That creates the climate. Right now, people don't see the problem. Oh, okay, I vote Republican because we haven't created the climate to kick out the rhinos either because people don't even realize what they're doing. So it's all of this. It's the state conventions. It's the focusing on the legislation. It's the focusing on local, the civilization issues at a local level. See what I mean? Not just like garbage collection. Local used to mean, oh, you focus on local issues. I mean taking the civilization issues we typically saved for the federal issues, focus it at at a county and state government level. School boards are so important. And, And look, the good news is we are getting better people. Into school boards, we are getting better people into state legislatures, particularly the lower chamber. We are. And that's why I say this is the most pivotal, most important state legislative sessions coming up in red states ever. I think of states like Idaho, where you have a horrible governor, still, you know, probably bad leadership, but a much better Senate, much more, you know, conservative energy there. Lots, the, the sky is the limit to what we could potentially accomplish. That's where the focus needs to be. But it will all be on these kangaroo hearings, Biden this, Biden that, petty politics at a federal level, hearings that will go nowhere, and and even the hearings aren't focused on the right issue in the way it matters. And certainly not the budget bills and legislation. We'll we'll focus on that. We're going to keep, look, I already gave you a lot of insider information on the committee chairs. We'll focus on that. But I'm telling you, the majority of our focus needs to be in the red states how to make state legislatures great again, representative democracy great again, functioning again, and red states red again. You do that, a lot of this becomes moot. That's the single most important thing that we can do. So again, folks, this is a very, very different presentation that you're going to hear anywhere else it pains me I wish I'd be out of business I I wish I would be boring but unfortunately nobody else is doing this and that's why again the only way I could wield more influence on bashing these small state politicians and getting them scared is by growing the audience so I need each and every one of you to write down a list of people in your lives who you think this would resonate with. Don't don't think of your left-wing hack friends. It's not worth it. But people in your state, they're more or less into Republican politics, but they're kind of like caught up in the Fox News stuff and this and that. And look, 
hey, hey, Johnny, listen to this. This is something so different, you'll appreciate it. These are things you can do. And again, let me know if you want to be a state team leader, okay, a state team leader, and then I can give you 20, 30 names. It doesn't take hundreds. It becomes more complicated then. You work together. You create committees. You focus on this issue. You focus on this part of the legislature, these county issues, this thing that the governor is doing. You have the trainee stuff. You have pushing back against federal tyranny. You have medical freedom. You have had a interpose against illegal immigration, crime, different things, different things we need to be doing. And again, God willing, I will be coming out with a broad list of action items on kind of legislation. I can't, I'm not at the level where I can sit and write every piece of bill, but at least the broad contours of what we need to be doing. And I need your help. I need your help to, you know, it, it, I need experts, you know, Montana, the Dakotas, wherever you are. I have some people, but to inform me, hey, Daniel, did you know this is going down? You, you need to be aware of this. Maybe you want to write an article on this. Maybe you want to speak out against this. It would, it would really help us. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I need you to help me help you augment your voice. This is what gives me a sense of purpose. Otherwise, I hate politics. I have no desire to even be in this. I've never had a normal job in my life. But I, I swore to myself, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it like a professional. Think of all these people that make 100 times more money than I do in this business. And they absolutely suck. They don't know anything. They fall into all the traps of the rhinos and the left. They claim they're against the system and they've helped the system. You can't be helpful if you're uninformed and stupid. Our founders were populists. But they also were educated and they weren't stupid. And they knew exactly what they were what they were doing. We need more people in that mold. Now, oh, I hate the establishment. And then everything they do helps the establishment. Like someone we know all too much about. You see what I mean? There's a lot about a lot more than yes, Trump, no Trump, yes, DeSantis. It's about so much more. But it's replicating the DeSantis model. And then expanding it even bigger and better in every state we feel we easily could wield that influence. So, folks, send me your notes on this, your questions, comments. Try to keep it brief so I can read it. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.